right, let's roll. <clears throat> let's roll. Right now, the first car one lap down is Brad and Joe. Hi, I'm stupid. Hi, I'm stupid. Oh, come on. You know what? Ah. I've raced this hard for last in my life. And welcome to the show with Brad and Joe. One lap down is back after a week's uh, week and a half ish hiatus. We you still have to... sitting out there with like the crickets chirping and getting some outside time with pumpkin. Well, you know, I'm, not, you, I'm not complaining. I'm, it's, it's nice. It's it's really nice. Um, I guess this the this is the good side of being unemployed uh, currently. So, uh, but we're trying to change that, uh, and we're trying to get back into our rhythm as much as we can with a little bit of environmental change on my end. Uh, and excited to talk about some F1 drama and look ahead to IndyCar, NASCAR getting back into action this weekend. And uh, the NHRA Western Swing was over this past weekend. So uh, it's pretty, pretty stacked. Yeah, we got, it's, it's nice to kind of take a, a, a week, uh, our first week off as a program since we started last September or November or whenever. Program. Uh, so, you know, he, he, here we are. Um, but, uh, yeah, J- Joe's making the move and uh, got some good things coming up and staying with me for a little bit. So happy to record from from our household here with our special guest, Pumpkin. Uh, he sat through quite a bit of F1 races with you when you come over in the morning, hadn't you, Joe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is a vet at this point of watching <laughs> F1. So he, he probably Not has an opinion, but yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't speak English, so it's, uh, it's tough. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't speak any language. We'll get into it. <laughs> All right, let's get into our F1 chatter. And it's lights out, and away we go. Victoire de Pierre The Hungarian Grand Prix from Budapest this past weekend. Um, first lap drama again. And this time Max was involved, but so were so many other people, thanks to yeah. Valtteri Bottas' horrendous braking in the turn one. Uh, Brad, we were watching it together. It's been a while since we watched the race together. But damn, talk about the pure disappointment we had within one corner. I, I feel like this is always kind of like when you and I get excited to watch a race together, our two favorite drivers somehow <laughs> end up into each other. Right. Uh-huh. We the first NASCAR race we watched together last summer, you know, we, we, we go Keslowski into Blaney and couldn't believe it, you know, and now we're all excited and having like a guy's weekend and watching the F1 race and, and boom, Lando Norris gets slammed into Max Verstappen and neither of their faults. Uh, Max fortunately finished the race. Uh, pretty bumped to see Lando take his first DNF of the season, uh, but it just felt so amateur. I guess is what it like. Yeah, you, you watch what these guys do on a weekly basis, and it was like, how does this happen? And a bunch of women like in the wet weather, and I don't really know that it was the like maybe some of the spray with the visibility hindered the accident, but it wasn't like somebody lost their car like on the wet surface. Like it was mm. just terrible braking and you know and you've got 
the most elite team that's ever existed in Formula One, one of its drivers causing just chaos this week in the previous race in Silverstone, their other driver with a dangerous maneuver, a racing incident as it was deemed, right? But like, mm. it just feels surreal, right? And, and there's Haas just missing everybody. You know, the ones we thought were going <laughs> to be dangerous on the track, just, you know, humming along, doing their thing in yeah. last place. But, you know, so really difficult to swallow that. And then we ended up in that weird situation where, you know, we red flag the race, everybody comes back out, and then everybody but Lewis Hamilton goes in to, to switch to slick tires. What do you think about that, Joe? I, that was surreal for sure. That I've never, I didn't even know that was a, I guess it makes sense. It is a possibility. You are allowed to do that, but um, it's just one of those unfortunate sides of sometimes when you're the leader, people just do the opposite of whatever you do so they can get in front of you. Uh, and, and that's essentially what happened. Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. It was wild to see. Um, but to uh, just to recap, in case people didn't, uh, realize it. Baltas does get a five-place grid penalty at Belgium their next race. So, I mean, it, it was amateur enough for the stewards to think, dude, this is all on you. This is terrible. So, the next yeah. race, you're going to be punished for that. And so did Lance Stroll as well, by the way. Yeah. 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 And then uh, uh, one of the interesting things, too, is you, you saw how many of these people got called into the stewards' office after the race. You know, in Lewis's defense, you know, it, it left it to him like they're supposed to on the formation lap to determine if he was going to come in and switch tires or not. And some of those other drivers were illegally speaking with their teams, you know, saying, oh, this decision, you know, I think I remember we heard, I forget what team it was, came on the radio and said everybody else is coming in to switch. And, mm. you know, you know, you know they, the, the driver is allowed to tell the team what he is doing, but the team is not allowed to speak to the driver on the formation lap. Um, so, you know, I think it was one of the post-race interviews. We saw Carlos Sainz get pulled out of the interview because he was getting summoned to the stewards. So mm -hmm. crazy, crazy weekends. You know, I think that we're, we're the one lap down podcast. So it's tough to analyze these things because we're the ones supposed to be clueless and figure out what's going on. But yeah. it all amazes me that at this top level and at this just like elite British sport, how, how crazy things can still get and how kind of out of hand things are. It's a, I mean, just when you think you've seen it all or it's all happened at one point in time, something that every week there's just something different, which is great for Netflix. They're going to have a great show next year uh, to keep people intrigued. Um, but we can't lose sight of you know, the the finish and a first time winner. Um, the hundred and I forget they said 110th, 111th, something like that winner um, in F1 history, different winner in F1 history. Uh, yeah. Esteban Alcon of Alpine gets it done uh, to get his first his first win. I mean, he benefited from being in the back to avoid that lap one carnage, but also fought off people. I mean, he stayed up front under his own accord. Yeah, I think that's the thing, right? We want to talk about the negatives, bad stuff, get that out of the way, and and you know all the stuff that was miserable about the race. And then now we can kind of focus on what was what what saved like made it a pretty good race, right? Like mm -hmm. we saw it, a, a fantastic battle up there with Akon and Vettel, you know, being able to, you know, like he didn't just get lucky to win that race. I mean, he led, I think he he's led the third most laps now on, on in this F1 season. I think it's Max, then Lewis, and then Esteban Akon as far as laps led in this season. 
you know, so it's not, I mean, he had to, he had to drive a flawless race and I think he did, right. He really did. And we saw a great battle with them. Then, you know, towards the end of the race, I mean, I I think that was one of my most favorite segments of any race was that on Alonzo defense on Lewis Hamilton charging through the field tires and that got everybody excited. That was good racing. Right. And, and then, uh, you, you can't, cannot go without stating, you know, both Williams drivers get in the points. You know, we, we've, you know, we've got George getting all emotional after the race and, you know, and, you know, Latifi finishes ahead of him, which I think is agreed as the, uh, the most George thing to happen in, in all of George things that happen in Williams racing. You know, uh-huh. of, of course, the one race that they get a break, you know, his, his teammates going to get a, a spot up ahead of him and, and for a little bit, Latifi was running there on the podium place, right? Before they right, made their yeah. fire change. So um, there were some really cool things. It, it just, it, you know, I wish it wasn't our two drivers that, you know, that were the ones that, that really yeah. suffered there. And, and granted, there was like five or six people that suffered there at the beginning. But uh, it's, a, it's a bummer to see. And uh, Ferrari's now tied with McLaren. And, you know, Mercedes is growing their lead. And Lewis is taking his lead. So I think it ends us up at the summer break with a really interesting, you know, a, a, an interesting place to be at. I know that you and I kind of in the coming weeks might take some time to just rehash where we're at and, and see you know, what, what can we expect from the second half of the season. Yeah, because, I mean, you'd, ha- you'd like to think – you know that the momentum means a lot, but at the same time, you get a chance to regroup if you haven't had good momentum, which is obviously what Red Bull and, and Max and Checo need. Uh, but Checo's gonna, they're going to have some type of penalty. It seems like he's going to have to put a third engine in his car. Uh, Max might be okay. And who knows what it does to McLaren. I mean, Lando's been carrying that team all year long. Uh, and it's just one bad result. But, you know, if he can't get his teammate to help out, even in – his car was somewhat damaged, but he still got passed by another car that didn't even have half of his one side, yeah. essentially. So that's yeah. not that's not good news. So you'd like to think that there's a bounce back scenario as opposed to some of this bad luck recently continuing. Right. I think for the sport, that's for that's for the better. If if Mercedes comes out and it's just Lewis the rest of the way, that can really um, you know, dissipate some of this popularity that they've been able to extract from. Uh, from Netflix, but uh, interest, interesting to look at the schedule and try to figure out who might be doing well at certain spots. And, and but at the same time, like now we're reminded, doesn't matter if you have the right car because someone just punts everybody into the turn and it changes <laughs> the whole complexion of yeah. how, thing, how things will be. And, and not to harp on negative news, just something, a fun fact I saw today uh, about Lando. He has never finished the 11th race of any season he's been a part of in F1. So it was Ooh. just meant to be that he would not finish uh, That's this weird. weekend. Who yeah, very odd. That's, who who I, is that? I, I, just, big, I don't know. Somebody else did it. I just I was the beneficiary that saw it. Big, so. big shout out uh, to whoever for digging these hey, things hey, up. And, and I know we're going to just fly through the other uh, disciplines because they didn't race. They just raced this weekend. But I just wanted to get your opinion on something that I tweeted about Max and Red Bull and feeling like they, to me, even in qualifying, it felt very defeatist. Their, their attitude, the way they carried themselves, and obviously the way things turned out in the race, that doesn't help. Do you, do you think it's over? Do you think that there's too much momentum for Mercedes now that Red Bull and Max really don't have a good shot? 
No, no. I, I you know, the more that I thought about it, I, I disagree with you <clears throat> at first, but the more that I thought about it and looked at their body language and demeanor, you're right. Like it was kind of like get get over this. And and what I what I think a lot of it is is like they just they harped on this appeal and all of this stuff about the incident for so long. I mean, and that sits like poison on your mind for the whole team. You know, it's it's going to be on Max's mind. You know, who's also like was the one shooken up in this accident, right? Pretty bad. Yeah. You know, and then it's it's definitely on Christian Horner's mind. And then that leadership of the team it trickles down to everybody that's touching that car. Everybody's pissed, and Sergio's team's pissed, and and, and you know, it's it's like that that can't be good for getting excited and moving on to the next one just because they drug out that appeals process and all of the attention for so long. So it'll be good that we get this three weeks. They got to put it behind them and they've got to put it, you know, put the second half of the season in frame. And no, I don't think that they're defeated. I don't think it's over at all. There's a lot to go, but you know, it's, it's, they got to stop just getting so upset about this stuff when, you know, when they go through the whole process and there's nothing more they can do. Like, were they in the right? Like, the more that they complained, the less I thought it was an accident, like a, something that Lewis needed to be punished for. It was like, you need to let this go. Like, right. It, They're almost trying to fabricate it the way that they keep pushing and pushing it. Right. Making you believe something that's not there. You know, like um, to, to me, I mean, it was granted, like it wasn't at the top speed, so it wasn't as scary. But this past weekend, that was far more egregious than what Lewis did in Silverstone. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, and so maybe through that, like, you know, that's what. You know, uh, Potas is out of the race, but then also is awarded the five race, uh, five place grid penalty when we go to Spa. So <clears throat> it'll be exciting. You know, we've I, we think we've talked about it here. Spa is my favorite circuit. I'm so excited mm-hmm. for us up there in Belgium. I'm looking forward to that. Well, speaking of looking into the future, let's talk about other disciplines in action this weekend after their little break during the summer. And let's begin with NASCAR. It's showtime. Boogity, boogity, boogity. For the first time since 2019, NASCAR is back at Watkins Glen, and this is a track that I grew up with when it was just two road courses on the schedule. There was Sonoma and there was Watkins Glen, and this one was usually my favorite of the two because Mark Martin would actually win this one, so it was a little biased. Uh, but they are back uh, 3 o'clock this weekend up there in New York. Chase Elliott has won the last two, and speaking of the number two, your guy Brad Kay is on the pole. This weekend, I was going to say this is what recording late in the week does for us, as we get to see a little mm-hmm. bit of uh, a little bit of insight. Brad Case starting on pole has never won a road race. Now's our time, this, Brad. Maybe this is maybe this is the time to get it done. Uh, he will at least have some friendlies up front, with Joey Logano starting second and Ryan Blaney starting third. So Team Penske uh, leading the pack on Sunday afternoon, and at a place that's very historic in the world of racing in general. Um, it has been around since 1948. Well, the course we know today is since 1956, but F1's race there, IndyCar's race there, all the Cup Series have. So pretty cool to see so much history uh, in one location like that. Yep. We're going, I mean, we're doing trucks, Xfinity, Cup Series, everything there this uh-huh. weekend, right? Everything, yep, everything is there this weekend. Uh, so it should be fun. Uh, NBC SN, uh, three o'clock on Sunday. And speaking of history, we're making new history with IndyCar. Oh! 
IndyCar Series returns after a month off during their summer break to a brand new circuit through the streets of Nashville, Tennessee, including two trips across the Korean Memorial Bridge uh, during every single lap. So they'll be going over the uh, water 160 times uh, on Sunday at uh, 5.30 p.m. This one I'm really excited about because you don't typically see a true street circuit track in an American motorsport division. You usually only see that with F1. So this will be pretty neat to watch. Yeah, yeah. I, it feels like it was last year that was the last time we watched an IndyCar race. It's been so yeah. long, right? And so excited. I've been watching a lot of the stuff as they set up there. Again, as, a, as someone lived in Memphis for four years and have a, have a rivalry with Nashville, you call me out <laughs> on the podcast on it all the time, right? NASCAR mm-hmm. There, indie cars out there, you know. Sure, sure. By the end of the summer, F one's going to announce a race there in twenty twenty four. But, um, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am excited to watch this race, and I, I just, I love. Uh, I think I just never before I got into motorsports didn't really think much about like the city circuits that they were going to race, and so you know, being able to see these like downtown circuits, I thought that when they were you know, when they were out in Detroit, it was cool, but that was still kind of out at a park and um, you know just a, a beautiful cityscape behind it. But this, I mean, they're going to be going through Nashville. I saw that they they're going to have to completely close down a hotel and gas station that are right in the middle of the course, yep. and they paid off the gas station a full weekend's worth of revenue. They booked every hotel room in the hotel, you know, still helping these local businesses and not, uh, you know, not not just you know, kind of taken from the community there. And you know, I imagine there's going to be a really big turnout. Uh, people in, in Nashville are very active. And yeah, this is this seems like a great move by IndyCar to bring the race there. And I'm looking forward to watching. It's going to be a great race. Um, you know, don't really uh, don't really know where we're at with uh with what to expect um, from the main contenders, right? You feel like, again, like we're seeing the, the summer break for F1, who's going to come back and and be ready to make a charge till the end of the season, and you know, and, and you know, how are things going to shake up there at the top? Um, you know, I think Alex Pillow is definitely somebody that we're, we've got to continue to watch and see what he can do here late in the season. Uh, but again, you've got some of those veterans in there, and 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 Scott Dixon, you know, is making his charge and. Uh, and I don't know too. I think uh, I'll be. I'll just. I'm excited to see what the what the lineup is going to do, and how this race is going to shake out. Yeah, definitely look out for Joseph Newgarden. He did win the last race. This is his more of a hometown track for him since he's from uh, that part of Tennessee. So uh, he's one of the favorites. But should be a good time on uh, Sunday, 5:30 on NBCSN. Coverage for the weekend starts at 5:10 when we record today on this Friday on Peacock. If you want to see them trying to figure out this bumpy turn, uh, lots of turns and twists uh, type of track that uh, the backing came from people like Justin Timberlake and Dale Earnhardt Jr. So it must be a great thing to experience. So uh, yeah. definitely tune in to the Peacock Networks this weekend. Well, you know what, Justin Timberlake's from Memphis, so shame on him. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, we got one more to get to. NHRA finished up the Western Swing, so let's give you the winners of that. 
The drivers are ready, the fans are packing the stands, and it's time to race. So they were in Pomona, California this weekend. They usually start the season there, but because of COVID, they moved it to the the winter nationals, to the summer-ish nationals uh, out in California. And it was a big day for three drivers trying to complete the Western swing. None of them did. Here are your winners. And Pro Stock Motorcycle, Matt Smith, continues to lead the points after another victorious day. Aaron Stanfield, the youngin, the future of Pro Stock, wins his uh, third race of the season, his second in the last three races. Ron Caps and the Napa Machine get it done. They started on pole, and this week they kept it all the way through the end, winning the Funny Car Division. And then Leah Pruitt in her hometown uh, in Pomona, California, with Tony Stewart, in the pits with her and the team. She gets it done, denying Steve Torrance the Western Swing victory and getting uh, a much needed win for her in this part of the year. So fun times all around, of course, after you go three straight weeks, you take a week off before you do anything else. But NHRA will be back in action soon enough, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. And we watched it together. We had a good time watching Catching Some. Yeah, Brad actually, yeah, sat down and learned a little bit and and enjoyed it. Had had a good time, learned a little bit more of the lingo and – I'm telling you, Joe, man, that's that is that's probably one, one of the top things on my list. We got to get to one of those soon enough. That seems like a blast. So yes. good yes. to uh, get good to get more NHRA news in the in the, the podcast. Yes, we're gonna make it happen. It's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. Um, literally, they just a blast off the line. <laughs> All right, high side, low side, coming at you. All right, folks, every show, I guess we can't say every week anymore. We took a week off, but every show, Brad and I talk about our highlights and our lowlights from the previous weekend's uh, racing. And, um, you know, for me, I'm I'm struggling to determine a high side, mainly because there was just that one big F1 race and it did not go well for my favorite driver. Um, but I will say that there is a there's a redeeming factor, you know, in the, in the way that it wasn't Lewis that, that came back and still won. Um, and he somewhat got punished for a mistake uh, in, in terms of his pit or his, his team putting him on those wrong tires after the red flag. And the, the week prior or two weeks prior, he made a mistake and he really didn't get punished for it. And I got a 10 second penalty and, and that was that. So uh, this time around, in large part, thanks to Fernando Alonso as well. You know, we got to see somebody pay a little bit more for their mistakes and therefore keep the championship hunt pretty close and keep people viewing the races uh, for the next couple of weeks when they get back on again. So I would say that it was a low side, the lowest side I could pick that kind of turned into a high side when I brought in the full picture view of the entire situation. Wow, look at that. You're combining your high side and your low side all into one? Yeah, one one led to the other. I don't know how. It just that's where well, it works. Well, I'm gonna go with my high side first because because I still I, I don't know like in 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 the drama of the weekend, it cannot be lost how important it is that Williams get both of their cars in the points. When you look at the history of that that team and then Claire Williams exit that was so emotional last year. And I'm trying to find the number. Do you remember the number, Joe? I've seen it posted. How many races has it been since a Williams car has scored in the points? Uh, uh, well, I know that his pre- previous teammate two seasons ago did score one. 
Like, oh. which is nuts. Like, could you <laughs> like, when we talk about like the travel that these people do and the hours and the time and the re- like the relentlessness that you need to have, and especially for George and Nick, like, like this is wild. Like, I could not imagine that. Like, like that has just got to beat you down so hard every week to just not. You not have the pace and not have the car. You have the drivers and have the team that are putting in the work, but just to not be there and have that patience. So, I think that's why we saw George get so emotional and, and Latifi get so emotional. It was it was, you know, like it's a lot that goes into it. So just so happy for them. I think that's something that you know, as a, as a coach, you can I can really relate to when in seeing things in our athletes. So that was a big high side, really happy for them to see that. And, you know, I, th- I think the low side, low side of the weekend for me was, was watching any of the, like the post-race stuff and just the booze directed at Lewis Hamilton and, and Mercedes team. And I know Valtteri called it out. Lewis did a really nice job of ignoring it. And, and yeah, you and I were really frustrated. We wanted to see a good race and we were really mad that he spun out Max and, how intentional that was, I don't think will ever be known. And I don't think it seemed extremely egregiously intentional, but you know, it was something that it, it just, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right to get booed. Now, if he had, if he had come out there and was trash talking and, you know, going WWE wrestler style, you know, breaking, breaking the front wing off of a red bull. It's like, geez, so yeah, boo this guy. But like, come on. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it, it, it was weird. I didn't like it as much as I'm cheering against him. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to cheer for him to do poorly or end up in a bad situation, right? I'm cheering for Max. Yeah. Uh, but but anyway, so that was weird. Didn't like that. So there's my, my two high sides and low sides for the week. Hard to disagree with that, uh, but it is easy to agree that we are done and we uh, <laughs> have packed up the car. So going in and you know coming off of a week with just one race, but uh, yeah. we got more to come. We got more to come. We, we do. We're gonna have plenty to talk about next week, and we're gonna get back into this groove of weekly shows. And earlier in the week, we promise there's just a lot going on in our world, just like yours. So I'm sure that you understand. But I, I before we do go, uh, a reminder: uh, two things. One first, social media on Twitter at One Lap Down Pod, Facebook and YouTube One Lap Down Podcast. Chat with us. Get in. Get involved. Let us know uh, how we're doing. And that brings me to my second point: is that over the last two weeks, I've been able to talk to some of our listeners and they really enjoy what we're doing. They, they look forward to the show each week. Um, one yesterday was like, Hey man, what's going on? Why haven't I I'm like, well, you know, I explained oh, wow. the situation. Um, so people, people are out there and they want it. They, they want the content. And this particular person said that they want us to bring back our best and worst paint schemes. So just putting okay. that out there. They, they, they enjoyed that for whatever reason. We get some we get some new ones uh, coming out this weekend. Some new paint right. uh, schemes and you know new return after a break and uh, going to Watkins Glen. I think people are doing it up a little bit. So okay, we we can do that. And uh, wow, look at that show. The, <laughs> the consensus that I'm the favorite. Like they like my takes better than yours. I I didn't ask. I didn't want to get into a heated battle. So Maybe curious. you don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't want to bruise my ego too much. So I want I wanted in, to keep that, but in regards to that, be clear that all I do for this podcast is is add uh, commentary and energy. Joe does all the editing, all of the recording work, uh, and pretty much all of the work for this. So 
don't anybody be confused. Uh, <laughs> it, but it works. It works. It's a it's a good partnership, uh, and it's good to know that you know the, the the drivers in the back like us. We still have fans. People still cheer us on. So very very happy about that. Uh, but that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, once again, we're excited to regather this rhythm and do it every week, uh, starting from now until another break, which will probably be sometime in the winter. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we'll be back same time uh, ish same place for sure next week until then I'm Joe Hutzler I'm Brad Dunn and we'll talk to you later see you